The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Railroad Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, what matters to me? Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's magic. Let me just say it like that. It is magic. It appears that the uh, L.A. Lakers have decided that showtime has been gone for much too long of a time. And it's time to bring magic back to see if he can bring back a little bit of that magic out there in Hollywood. So uh, what matters to me is magic is getting a chance. You know, I, I think he's done enough uh, to contribute to basketball that um, he's earned an opportunity, particularly if he is interested in, um, you know, basketball operations, you know. And so I believe, um, according to the big boy shows, that, you know, magic is uh, – met with the, with the buses and that uh, they have agreed that he is the man. Uh, after all, you know, he probably, if you, if you think about the face of the Lakers, I, I know the logo has been uh, Jerry West for a long time, but when you think about the Lakers and, and you think about what Magic was able to do for basketball, Magic Johnson, in my mind, you know, truly was able to take basketball to a different plateau of entertainment. Uh, he was in an air, of course, you know, the doc was there as well. It, it, it was great basketball and basketball players doing that air. They played a, uh, a different type of game. The game was more physical then, but even though it was more physical, Magic was able to run that ball up and down the court, and it was showtime. And I think that's what was uh, so unique about their team. When the game was so physical, they still was able to stretch the basketball floor, if you will. And it was, it was, it was just run and gun. It was like, you know, get the rebound, go. Go. Push it. Get it to the wingman. Get it to the middle and go. Fill the lanes. And, hey, if you want to be a part of the show, just fill the lanes. And Magic will get it to you. As a matter of fact, you, if you saw the Big Boy Show this morning, they were showing highlights. I didn't see James Worthy in there. You know, I didn't see, you know, Big House Rob in there. You know, I might have saw, you know, Kareem in there. Uh, but it was just fellas who was going to fill the lane and get it done. So I'm, I'm actually happy that the Lakers have bought Magic back. And that's why it's Magic. That's what's important to me is Magic. Uh, I'm also going to get a chance today's show going to be a little special. Uh, because I'm going to have a guest who's going to call in. I'm going to spend a lot of time with him. Uh, it's important to me that... Uh, when you have a platform like this where it's basically a global platform, I think it's important that we let people know 
first of all, that we have the platform. And second of all, when you use the platform, you can use it for, you know, don't pigeonhole yourself. Of course, this is real as sports. But sports is not just about the game in itself. I, I have my theory that I, I always call it uh, football, particular football, but sports in general. Uh, I like to apply the George Washington Carver theory to sports. You know, his, his theory and his process and, and his proof uh, was that he was able to uh, take that uh, peanut and there were multiple things that he uh, developed from that peanut, that it, it, there were so many purposes uh, of which he could create products that people could either use uh, and eat. And, and that's one thing about the game of sports, all sports, you know, uh, sports in general, but the game of football, basketball, baseball. There are so many things that evolve from a game that have just impacted this entire world. So much so that now, of course, all of us are aware of what's going on in the world. And, and what happens? Sports has had a chance to perhaps maybe, you know, impact what's going on in the White House. I'm, I'm sure it is because, you know, guys have opinions. And, and guys now have platforms like this to speak about their opinions and, uh, and to share what's important to them. And so we're going to... Uh, have a guest uh, who's going to join me, and, and we're going to talk about that. And I, and I guess, you know, the reason for me wanting to do that, because there, was, there were too many times when I sat in the locker room myself after a game was over and, you know, wanted to get dressed, wanted to hurry up and, you know, um, make my way out there to, to probably spend as much time I, I could with the most important thing in my life, which at that time, and continues to be to this day, but at that time when I was trying to get out the locker room, I was trying to get out because the most important thing to me in my life was my wife. And she was out there waiting on me, but guess what? I was the last one out the locker room all the time. In high school, all the time. In college, all the time. So it went from my mother and my sister and my brother and family waiting on me to my wife, you know, having to adjust. Uh, but I was one of those guys. I was willing to, you know, I'd stay there to answer all the questions if they had, whatever they had for me. I never shied away from any of them. Um... And, you know, sometimes the media, you know, they have an agenda. They, they come in with questions that they have in mind that they want to get answered. Everybody's got a microphone. They're pushing up in your face and they're asking you this and they're asking you that. And I always tell people, listen, we only answer questions that are asked. To me, that's, I don't like that. I, I, I never did like that. I always thought, well... Can I say something? How about if I have something I'd like to say? You're using your, you know, your microphone, your cameras, your platform to fulfill your agenda. But what, what about my agenda? And I think that's something that people sometimes forget. They're, they're, that athletes are human beings and they have opinions uh, just like everybody else. They have things that they want to say just like everybody else. And I think they've earned the right to have a platform to say those. So that's what I do here a lot of times at Voice America Sports, uh, particularly on Ray Ellis Sports, is I give guys an opportunity to, to say what they got to say. 
And I'm going to do that a little bit later. Another thing I want to do, I'm going to give a shout out to those of you who are listening out there. You can give me a call, 888-346-9144. It's been a while since I opened up the lines, but I'll do that today, 888-346-9144. Uh, give me a call if you want to, and uh, I'll let you be a part of this discussion. But uh, I want you to know, at the national level of the Players Association, which is our union that represents both current and retired players, um, although there was some discussion about that years ago, uh, they have stepped up and they realize they still fight. Shout out to Demore Smith. They still fight for the rights for former players, and I appreciate that. Uh, but let me just say that there is uh, an election going on this week uh, for former players. Uh, we have a national election. It's online. If you haven't seen it, check your email. It's probably there. If you've signed up former players uh, and current players, uh, there's an election going on that we can, uh, we can nominate a player uh, to represent us at a board position in the NFLPA on, at the national level. So I've taken my time to cast my vote. I'm one of those people. I'm not ashamed to say who I voted for. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I voted for uh, former player Kwame Lasseter. Uh, used to play safety here for the Arizona Cardinals and also for the St. Louis Rams. Fold two. That's two fold backwards. Uh, and it is backwards. I'm going to tell him that. <laughs> but uh, uh, Kwame has just uh, been, he's, he's a good man. Uh, was a very damn good football player here. Uh, for the Arizona Cardinals and also the St. Louis Rams. Uh, you know, great father, great husband, um, you know, doing an excellent job in, in his work and also work in the community and then also uh, working with, uh, with retired players. So um, I'm very supportive of the things that he do. he's done. Uh, he was here with us for a long time here at Voice America Sports, uh, did an excellent job to bring commentary here to this platform. And uh, I just want him to know that I'm supporting him. Already cast my vote. <laughs> That's right. I would tell you who I voted for. I already cast my vote. I nominated uh, Kwame Lasseter and I already voted for him. So uh, what I'm actually trying to do now is get some more of you out there when you get a chance. Um, I think it just takes one nomination and then there's going to be a vote. So uh, just know that Kwame has already been nominated and, uh, and is ready to go. Uh, i tell you what I'm going to do now, uh, since I've talked about Kwame a little bit, you know, them defensive backs are the kind of people that I like to promote, and I certainly like to encourage, and I like to be around, and I love when I get a chance to talk to one. So uh, right about now, I've been, you know, teasing you a little bit, but I do have a special guest for us uh, that I'm going to bring him on. Now, we've only got about three minutes for this segment, but don't worry, because as long as he's able to stay around, I'm going to keep him around for the entire show, if possible. So I'm going to reach way out to the Midwest. And go into my uh, network of players out there. And this is most recently that I got a chance to talk to this young man. And I'm excited about having him on the show. Uh, started defensive back for the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, I, I like that team. I've liked the team, the Kansas City Chiefs, for a long time. And I, I'll tell you why. But I'm going to welcome to the network right now to the show, uh, Steven Nelson. Steve, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing, Thanks man? Thanks for having me. 
Oh man! A- anytime I get a chance to get one of them DBs on the show, man, you know how we we got we got to stick together, man. This is one of those things where uh, uh, everything we do, everybody sees it. So now everything that we're doing, I want everybody to hear that, and that's that's why I was so excited right. about uh, about having you on the show today, so we could uh, to get a chance to let people know. Because first of all, I just like to let people know that. You know, that, that number that we wear, it, it just represents what we do. It doesn't represent who we are. And uh, right. th- those right. numbers, you know, you, if you got a 20 or you got a 30 or you got a 40s, you know, you probably in a secondary. You know, if you got right. on a 60, you know, you probably, uh, you know, on the line someplace that, or linebacker. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's what you do. Yeah. But, that, but that's not who you are. So, uh, man, how's the weather? Are you in Kansas City now? Where are you, where are you in this, uh, this world? Because you uh, could like, be anywhere. I'm, in, I'm actually in Atlanta, man. I'm okay. in Atlanta right now, uh, starting my off-season training uh, right now. So we start back up in KC around uh, second week of April. Wow! So you, so you, you're in, you're in Atlanta. So uh, let, let's talk a little bit about that. I I believe that's a, a special place to you. Uh, why Atlanta? Uh, so this is where I grew up at, man. I grew up uh, in the city, kid. I uh, played around. I uh, played in a lot of rec ball leagues around here. Um, actually moved to Atlanta when I was like six years old. My mom moved up here and, um, my stepdad was actually a coach at, um, at this rec center called Butler Park. It's like down, like across the street from Grady Hospital. Everybody knows where it's at. And, um, he kind of really started me in football. I was like six years old, uh, with sports period. And, um, just kind of played, played there and then bounced around and played, uh, uh, football at, uh, JFK, uh, Adamville and, uh, Oakland City. So, uh, I've been, been around. So. Yeah, it, it seems like, uh, uh, Atlanta certainly is not short of developing players. There's, there's been a lot of good players that, that, that come out of there and, uh, so it certainly doesn't surprise me that you, you know, you got a chance to, to go as far as you can go uh, after right. getting that that initiation down there in Atlanta. So uh, the weather in Atlanta this time of the year, you know, one thing that I've been from the Midwest, being from Ohio, man, I always feel that, that, that players that live in warm climates, and I, now that I've been, right. I live in Arizona, I believe it in even more. Uh, right. There's probably some things you can get done in Atlanta that you probably couldn't get done in Kansas City this time of year. Oh man, absolutely, man. Uh, KC is is freezing, man. Uh, it's probably warming up a little bit now, but I mean that's that's talking like fifty. You know what I mean? So you know, it's it's definitely uh, something you got to get used to. Uh, the winters there is is crazy. It gets to like negatives and stuff like that. So you know how the Midwest is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No yeah. no no doubt about it. Well, listen. Um, what I'm going to do, man, is, I, you know, I just, I, there's so many things that I, I want to make sure that I get a chance to, to hit on. And uh, one of the things that I want to do is, I, you know, you talked about it a little bit, and that is, you know, your childhood of growing up and, and playing ball. Right. And, you know, a lot of times people just don't realize that, that when, when you do that, uh, there is a, there's a network of people that, that are supporting you. You know, that old cliche that they say, right. it takes a village you know, to raise a child. And so what I'm going to do is we're going gonna to take a break. Because when, when I come back, uh, I want to talk a little bit about those early days that you said that your, your stepfather helped you with playing the game. And uh, right. just interested to know about some of those other coaches that might have been out there that influenced your life. 
And uh, right. let, let some other folks hear a little bit about that. But we're going to take a break, uh, and we're going to come back. Uh, you listen to Ray Elder Sports on the Voice America Network. Special guest today, Stephen Nelson, Kansas City Chiefs, defensive back. We'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely despise her especially at one to two and it's anything but the same old horse racing show this is a nine horse field but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras playing to win with andy serling a show seriously committed to making more money at the game but with a personality this is a dunce cap horse for me if this horse wins next week i got the dunce cap on you bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form look for it the day before big race days mostly fridays find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you bet.com your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me? Well, I already said it earlier before the show, when the show first started, it's magic. You know, magic is back. Uh, he's taken over with them Lakers. Uh, he's going to change things, I'm sure. And I'm sure that L.A. basketball is going to be a, a lot more exciting than, than what it's been in the past. And uh, I'm going to make this show a little bit more exciting because I, I got a, um, a young man on the show with me, uh, starting defensive back for the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, like I told you guys, I, man, uh, Kansas City Chiefs has been one of my favorite teams way back in the day. Uh, you know, they have just uh, um, been outstanding in terms of some of the players that they developed that come through that program. Historically, you know, they won one of them Super Bowls. People didn't think they were going to win. Um, Marty Schottenheimer was a coach of mine. Herman Edwards was a, a teammate of mine. Um, as a matter of fact, back in the day, um, uh, I think the Carl Peterson, who was a GM out there, is the person who drafted me. So, so I got close ties to the Kansas City Chiefs, and and now the ties are getting a little bit closer because got a young man on there talking to us about uh, you know what life was like growing up in Atlanta, and and I want to know a little bit more about that because a lot of times, you know, for me, Stephen, when I grew up in Canton, Ohio, a lot of times, man, you 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 may see things on TV, but you don't see them in real life, and you don't get a chance to to touch it. And, and, and what was it that when you were a young man, uh, who coaches, family members, friends that, that inspired you and encouraged you to, to achieve what you, what you have achieved to this day, which is, you know, you're one of the greatest athletes, you know, in the world. You playing in the National Football League. What was happening? Who was influencing you when you were a young kid? Uh, so, so my, like I said, my stepdad, uh, who really, really got me involved with sports overall, he was um, just always that guy that was kind of like making sure I, I stayed out of trouble. Even though, you know, I had some friends, you know, 
at that at that young age that kind of you know they they probably you know either dead or you know in jail right now but he kind of like tried his best to keep me away from that from that uh crowd and um yeah man he just you know kind of molded me into who i am today at a young age you know i always tell me uh was right or was wrong and so I kind of give him props for that. <clears throat> and that, and that's good, man, because a lot of times in, in life, you know, I've heard some people say that, you know, you need a man in your life. I was raised in a single-family home. My mom and dad right. uh, separated uh, when I was uh, real young, and so uh, right. I can't give my father, didn't have a stepfather, you know, that kind of credit. Uh, but my mm-hmm. mother was there, and she she was she was supportive. So uh, I heard you say that uh, that he got a good chance to coach you uh, at a young age. Uh, talk to me a little bit mm-hmm. about high school. What kind of program? I heard them schools you named out there, Gregory and a couple of the others. Uh, but how mm-hmm. how was that uh, high school career for you? Was did you uh, realize early on you had some talent, or did they realize early on you had talent? What was that like? So our school our school was kind of like uh, kind of crazy for me, man. I kind of bounced around a lot just. Just because of my, uh, you know, my my mom's situation, we moved around a lot. So, yeah, I kind of I started off at uh, Grady in Atlanta, and then uh, moved to Middle Georgia. Where my the rest of my family was uh, living at, and uh, I knew I knew what talent I had. You know, I just wasn't able to really just stay at one school. You know, and just and just uh, work my way up. So, you know, once I moved to uh, Middle Georgia, I kind of bounced around like three three four different schools but my last year i played at a school called uh north side one Rogers, and that uh school is you know notorious for like winning state championships at, like 5a level so um uh, actually won my last year that we won the state championship and um and yeah man it was great i still got the record for most returns uh punt return kick returns in, in high school um, so it was, it was great, man. So you got a chance to see the uh, the superstar spotlight early on in life. So you know, doing that, I'm sure there had to be a number of scouts come around your direction. Uh, I, I did a little homework. I, I know they may have come, right. but but there may be may have been some challenges in your life. You want you want to talk about when the scouts might have come, but it might yeah. not have been. You might not have been ready at that time in certain aspects of your life. All right, so um, yeah, man. So my after my uh, well, actually during my my senior year, a uh, um, lot of lot of schools, man, SEC schools, uh, school out west, uh, everywhere came through there. You know, everybody kind of wanted me at the time because of uh, my play at the time, and I kind of uh, didn't realize that you know grades was important, which you know, you a lot of kids don't at mm-hmm. that time, and. Uh, yeah, man. So I think the my biggest learning experience was one time uh, I remember Irvin, Irvin Myers uh, when he I think he was at Florida. Yeah, he was at Florida at the time. Came in and you know watched my film. You know they called me out of class. Yeah, uh, he was like, yeah, I love the film. And then he was like, uh, Coach, can I see his transcripts? And uh, I'll never forget this man. He uh, got my transcript, looked at him, and was like, uh, Thanks, Coach. You know, nice to meet you, Steve. And he walked out. Wow. So that was, uh, that took a big toll on me. And uh, it actually helped me focus, you know, and get me to where I'm at today. So that was, 
That was crazy. No, you know, I, I, I'm glad you, you mentioned that because I'd read some things, uh, Stephen, I did my homework, <laughs> and uh, and I'm glad you said that because you said something earlier, too, is that a lot of times young men don't realize how important grades are at that age, and it's really nothing you can do once you've got yourself in a position, there's, there's nothing you can do. And then to have a man like Urban Meyer there that likes what he saw on the football field, wow. which means when he's looking at the transcript, now he's going to make a decision. If they write, you know, he's probably about ready uh, to make an offer to you. And, right. and and that didn't happen. But it sounds to me like that was motivation. Was that motivation for you How, from that point on? Because you still remember that. And I, and I mean, I hope you share this story with everybody. But from that point on, right. how did your life change? Uh, it changed drastically, man. Because um, I, at that time I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, taking school serious. You know, I was uh, what you would say, the, what the, the man on campus. You know, what I mean, yes. just for football, and you know, just not really focusing on the uh, schooling aspect of it. So after that happened, I kind of tried to like, you know, make sure I was studying more. You know, applying myself more, but. By then, you know, this is like towards the end of the year when all the scouts come in, so it was kind of like too late. But, you know, I just kind of um, took the bad and, you know, turned it to a positive. And by the, by saying that, I went to, I ended up having to go to a junior college and uh, just kind of uh, focused on getting my grades up so I could play Division One football. So I guess there's a, there's a message right there. So even though there was some adversity that you found yourself in the middle of, it, it wasn't over. So you, I guess you're, you're saying to a young person, young man who find himself struggling with grades, if he got an opportunity right. to go to a JUCO, perhaps as, as we call them, which is a junior college, it, it's not right. over. Is that right, Stephen? Yeah, it's not over, man. And another thing that motivated me at that time was just seeing, I think, seeing a lot of my friends actually uh, – that went to Division One out of high school, and I knew that they weren't uh, better than me, better athlete, better athlete than me. And so, just seeing them, you know, sign these big scholarships, and I'm like, man, I ain't got nothing. You know, I got to get there. So that motivated me the whole time, even through JUCO, because like, once you go JUCO, nobody, you know, hears about you. No, no one even knows who you are. And so, you know, I used to watch the games with my friends on TV and be like, man, that's, that should be me. You know what I mean? So that that was a big motivating factor as well. Yeah, and I, uh, again, I'm going to refer back to, to reading that. And I, it's almost like I could feel your pain because I would imagine for you, uh, was that, was that a sense of disappointment? Was it anybody other than yourself? Because I know when I was a kid, and I'm going to just mm-hmm. share my story, you know, one thing that I wanted to do when I was a kid is uh, my mother never had a, a color TV. And and I mm-hmm. knew that my mother liked sports. And I knew that Ohio State and all the big schools, you know, played on TV. So, you know, what I wanted to do is I wanted my mother to watch me on television. So I, you mm-hmm. know, I got a job and I, for a Christmas present, uh, I bought my mother color TV. So I'm just imagining okay. that, <laughs> that, that, yeah, that was a blessing from God, I thank him for that. But I, I would just imagine for you that the disappointment for yourself watching your friends that, that you knew you were a better ball player, and they knew too. Uh, right. Did that affect other people in your life? Did, did, you, did you ever think that you were disappointing other people, those who might have invested time in, in you, or, or how did you feel about that? Uh, not, I mean, not really. I mean, um, I felt like my, my inner family, that's who I, I really cared about at the time. It was like my, my grandparents, my mom, you know, my dad. I mean, you know, 
a lot of people probably, you know, had their eyebrows raised, like, you know, why Steve didn't go D1. They knew I was capable, but they just knew, you know, everybody knew I didn't have grades, so it wasn't like, uh, he, he's not a good football player. He can't make it there, you know what I mean? So it was just, I just had to take the longer route, that's all. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you what, you, t- you took the longer route, you got there to JUCO, uh, you obviously did an outstanding job, and, and then it looks like the offers uh, started coming in, and, and you were even then, uh, again, faced right. with making a decision. Uh, how did you decide right. where exactly you wanted to go to school at, Stephen? Right, so um, that, was, that was actually a crazy process, too. Um, just, just being able to, be, to accept offers was a big deal to me, and uh, I think my, my first biggest offer was uh, UGA. And so that was like, wow, you know, I, I'm able to come back and actually redeem myself in front of my, you know, my people. So, uh, and, I, and I had other offers too, uh, Oklahoma, Essie, and stuff like that. But I felt like my uh, deciding factor was being able to, to get on the field early as fast as possible because I had two years uh, to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I took the business approach, and I ended up ended up. Uh, I actually committed to UGA and thought about some things, and decommitted and commit and ended up signing to Oregon State. So I kind of just took the business side, man. I felt like it's the Pac-12. They pass the ball. You know, I'm a DB. I get interceptions. So that's what I. That's how I looked at it. Now, yeah, and, and I. I can tell by, you know, where you are today, uh, you made the best decision that was for you. And uh, I'm sure you're happy that you made that decision. But like you said, that that was an, another crazy time in your life. And, and, and we're going to take a break again because we have to. And, and we're going right. to come back and, and we're going to talk about it. I, I want you to let everybody know, man, that, that was a tough decision. Once you, once you got there, you know, let us know right. what that life was like. And, uh, mm-hmm. and and we'll carry on from there. So we're going to take this break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I got Chiefs defensive back Stephen Nelson on with me. And uh, you come back as well. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel join matt fish and alex clancy every week for rebound radio we'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started their rise to the top of the game how basketball has changed their lives and what they're up to now just like the game itself you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You hear the music, you know the show, you know the real sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, I'm having a chance to enjoy myself, getting a chance to talk to uh, Chiefs defensive back Steven Nelson. And, uh, you know, like I always like to do, I, I, I like to open up the platform for folks to get to know the people that you see that wear this number, that they play this game, they do this thing on the football field, but that's not just what they're all about. And, and sometimes, you know, just getting a, a peek into their life, you know, coming up and growing up, just lets you know that they're human beings like we all are. And, you know, they have challenges and adversity that they're faced with, but uh, uh, there are people that are, that are focused and finished. And this young man right here has, <laughs> has definitely focused. He ain't finished yet because he got some things to do. He definitely ain't finished yet, but, uh, but ain't no doubt about it. You, you'll know that he is uh, going to show up every day and get it done. So, so we want to talk about that because, uh, as a matter of fact, I know what he did is uh, when he made that decision, as we just talked about a little while ago, um, that he wanted to go to Oregon State. Um, when you get there, prior to making that decision, again, there were some people you had to say no to. And then when you say no to some programs, and those programs have, some little, have a little success, when you go into doing what you're doing, uh, do you ever start looking at them thinking, I might have made the wrong decision, or were you focused in on what you were doing, trying to make your team the best you possibly could, uh, knowing that um, there might be greener passes for you down the, ro- down the road? So, so how was that when getting there? Was the decision... You know, did it live up to the expectations, the program, and, and, and your play expectations, or how was that, Stephen? All right, so uh, that's funny you got that, man. So when I when I first got to uh, to campus, um, it was it was it was everything I thought it was going to be because I took my one of my official visits there. I know it wasn't, you know, like a big city or whatever. It's uh, Oregon State is in Corvallis, Oregon. Probably nobody even knows what that is. It's like a small college town. Um, it rains a lot, so I, I kind of knew what I was getting myself into. So back to the, the football side, um, yeah, man. So my first my first year there, um, I didn't even start until like the sixth game of the season. So you can imagine that what was going through my mind at the time. I was like, I'm not even starting. You know, and I could have went to any other one of these big schools out here and played. You know, I, I kind of felt like I started doubting myself and felt like, you know, I made the wrong decision, you know. And um, so it was it was real tough at the, at the time. And it was times where I even thought about, like, transferring. Like, yeah, I got to that point um, to where I was going to go to a, another uh, program. But, you know, I just kind of stayed, you know, stayed the course and, uh Kind of once I got my opportunity, um, I ended up uh, almost going to the Jim uh, Thorpe. I mean, winning the Jim Thorpe Award, which is you know, just on who doesn't know is the the best uh, college defensive back. So um, ended up having six interceptions, you know, and I only played like maybe half the year. So that was a 
very tough time for me, you know, my first year. Yeah, and and I oh, think, yeah. you know, I think that's important that you said that too. You know, there's been a, a lot of great things that you've been saying that I think is good information for young men that are out there because, you know, a lot of times when we go to different programs, you know, mm-hmm. they recruit the best of the best, everybody. You know, you might be the only All-American on your high school team, but when you get to college, you know, everybody's, right. everybody's good. And, everybody. And, it, and, it's, and sometimes dealing with real competition is difficult. You got to be, mm-hmm. there got to be some mental strength there as well as some, you know, physical strength in the weight room and things like that. But, but that competitive nature, uh, you, you didn't give up, you know. And what was it? Because I, too, like you, Steve, I, I thought about transferring when I was a freshman. As a matter of fact, you know, one of the coaches rolled me home. Uh, when we were going, getting ready to go to a bowl game, we had a couple of days off. He was going to recruit back in my area. He right. gave me a ride home, and I told him, Coach, I'm thinking about transferring. You know, just saying what I heard and what what actually is a reality. Once I showed up, it's, it's a little different than I'm thinking right. about uh, transferring. So, um, was there anything somebody right. said, or was it your play? What secured your confidence to stay there? And like, no, I'm just going to make this happen here. This is where I chose to be. I'm going to stay here. What, right. what, what, what was that? Well, so my, my mom, she's always been very supportive in it, you know, any decision or, you know, just anything I do. So she was, you know, kind of like the one that just kind of like she, if I wanted to transfer, she's going to always be there with me. You know, she's going to have my back. So, you know, I had her on that side of the um, on of the deal. And then I had like a few of my friends, they were telling me like, you know, your time going to come, your time going to come. So it, it just it just kind of was up to me to just make the decision, and I kind of like felt like the guy that was actually starting in front of me, he was a senior, and so I kind of felt like they were, you know, they owed it to him, you know, just to give him a shot. That's right. how I felt. Right. So, and I knew I was better than them. So it it just took you know a few games for you know for them to see. You know, and they gave me a shot. So that's where that's why I just stayed around because I knew I was better than them. Right, and, and you mentioned something mm-hmm. about getting getting a shot. So when right. you think about that, Stephen, is is one thing that you know I always have this thing I like to say to young people is you know you you just get one chance, and so right. so when you get that shot, talk to us a little bit about the preparation of that week going in. Mm-hmm. You know. What, what what were you thinking? Were you nervous? You know, were you happy to have that opportunity? Were you, were you, you know, we do get jitters, so we ain't scared, but we, you know, we're a little nervous about it. So how was that going into that first opportunity uh, to start? And what type of pressure did, did you take into that, uh, you know, that first start uh, on, on that uh, college campus? Yeah, it, it was, it was, um, I was real nervous, actually, because they, they just kind of came in there and was like, uh, it was after one game, I remember, and it was like, uh, Steve, you up. And, you know, I'm the type of guy I am. I'm going to work hard regardless. So I already knew I, I was ready. You know, I just had to go out there and do it. You know, I've been waiting. I was waiting on it, actually. So, <laughs> you know, when they told me, I think I was more excited than anything. Um, I probably would you know, play bad because I was too excited. But, you know, when I went in, you know, I did my thing. So, and, and like you said about that shot, you know, I knew – at that moment, that once they give me that shot, there's no, it's, there's no turning back. Like y'all, y'all gonna really see. So. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> getting that chance to start, and obviously, like you said, you won the, uh, won the Thorpe Award, and for the most outstanding defensive back, uh, which obviously leads me to 
the next part of this discussion I want to have, and that is uh, the National Football League. Uh, wh- what mm-hmm. part of your experience in college did you really start feeling like, you know, this, this thing about that next level might be a reality? Uh, when did that kick right. in for you? Uh, it kicked in after my junior year. I was actually thinking about <laughs> leaving my junior year just because of um, the hype I had built built up in one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I knew I knew I wasn't ready to play in the league. You know, it was my real first time actually playing against real competition. You know, um, so you know I, I kind of thought about it after my first year in the college, and then. You know, of course, my senior year, that was my, going into my senior year, that was my whole mindset, you know, just preparing myself, you know, for the next level. So, so yeah. Well, I can, I can tell you what, you, you did an outstanding job. Uh, you've been doing an outstanding job. Let's talk a little bit about the Chiefs now. Um, obviously, you've been, I, this is going to be your third year, Stephen? Yeah, going into my third year. Going into your third year. So, so obviously you're a veteran. After after that, you know, halfway through that first season, uh, right. you know, you're really a veteran, man. So, so how you feel in the locker room? How do you feel in terms of right. you know, you know, leading your team? You know, stepping up. You know, helping everybody go to the next mm-hmm. level. Because I know from the from a coaching mm-hmm. perspective, I know Andy gonna have you already. But uh, what do you think in terms of you know the team itself? What do you think some of the things you guys can do to help you you know go to that next level? Because there's high expectations in Kansas City. I know that. <laughs> right, man. So, uh, um, so that's that's a whole another story, man. With the with the Chiefs, man. Like my my first year going into there, man. It was, I faced more adversity. You know, I didn't. I didn't even play my first year. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was kind of, I took it like a red shirt year, as you would say. Um, so that, I went through, you know, a whole stressful, another stressful time with that. Um, but, you know, just staying the course, man, staying the course. And going into my second year, uh, I was able to uh, get my chance, my shot, like uh, at college. And uh, it was just like, it was, it was kind of like a, a memory of college, man. Uh, I got my shot and never looked back, man. And, uh, I stepped up and was able to, you know, make make some uh, key plays for the team and um, build that trust with uh, my coaches and my teammates, and and it worked out. So, so you you, you, you got that year. yeah, got that second year in which has been extremely successful. So so let's say going in next year, uh, you go in with the most confidence that you had in your lifetime. You think this third, going to your third year of the NFL? Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm looking forward to doing uh, big things, big and better things. Uh, you know, just playing with that confidence and that swagger, that's the biggest thing. And, you know, just knowing what you got to do. Because uh, most most of the thing is just having confidence and knowing, knowing your position, you know. Because uh, if you don't know your plays, man, that can slow you down a lot in the NFL. So. I think that's extremely important for everybody to know, too, Steve. Because, I, you know, one thing that I always try to pride myself in, man, is – you know, that playbook is just like the classroom, you know. And like you said, if you, uh, yeah. if, you, if you don't get the answer to the question right. And in football, it's just a matter, it's fractions of a second. Because, you know, you think you're supposed to do one thing and you make the attempt to do that and you're supposed to be doing something else. You're out of position and, you know, they're just yeah. too fast for you to recover. So I, 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 I can certainly understand and appreciate that. I, too, uh, came into the league, didn't get a chance to start my, my first I think it was my first two years. I was playing behind a guy that was like seven, eight year all pro, you know, been mm-hmm. in the league, you know, and you you have to be patient. Um, 
Yeah. How hard is it to be patient in the National Football League? Has, how hard has it been for you uh, that first mm-hmm. year waiting and finally getting a chance to play? Man, it was, it was real. It was real hard, man. Just, you know, just because, man, like I said, in, when I was in uh, junior college, you know, I was seeing all my friends that made it to the league and they playing on other teams and, you know, getting a chance to start and, you know, things like that. So I'm like, man, you know, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And I had to really step back and realize that it's a business, you know. So if they got a guy that they're paying a lot of money or whatever, you know, they have to see where their money's going. So, you know, you got to kind of sit back and be patient. But I didn't really understand that until my second year. Right, right. Well, mm-hmm. like uh, like I said, you're a pro now, so you certainly understand it. So, so, so what's next, Stephen? You know, the football, I certainly understand this. Of course, everybody want to win championships. You want to do the best you can. Everybody want to be an all-pro. Right. Everybody want to be a pro bowler. I, I certainly understand that. But, but as, as, a, right. as a man outside of football, you know, what's, what's some of the things that you're doing in your life that you can share with us in terms of, you know, whether it be with the family, whether it be with the community, whether it be with your, your career goals? Share some of that stuff with us. All right, so uh, for the community, I'm, I actually have a foundation, uh, Steve Nelson Foundation, and uh, just kind of giving back to the kids every year, um, having camps down in uh, Warner Robins, which is middle Georgia. Um, just kind of having camps for the kids, free camps. Um, actually, I sponsored uh, a kid, two kids this year um, so they can go to college, help them go to college. Um, also... I'm um, working on this marketing thing, uh, just trying to build my brand, uh, which is second nature. And also beyond that, um, trying to get into real estate, the real estate investment business. So, so yeah, man, I got a few things up my sleeve I'm trying to work on off the field. Yeah, sounds like you're busy, man. And uh, certainly mm-hmm. I, I wish you the best on all those things. Uh, you mentioned uh, your mom and, and your stepdad, man. I, I hope things work out well for you and your family. Uh, um, right. Let me just let me just ask a question because it's one of those things that probably gave me joy beyond any words I could really uh, use to describe that feeling. But uh, do you recall the first pro game that your mom had a chance and your stepfather had a chance to come see you play? Who, who'd you guys play? Um, let's see. I want to say might have been uh, San Diego. San uh, Diego. Uh, Equally important, how did you break the news to them that you made the team? I mean, you was, you was drafted high. You was third-round draft pick. But still, I mean, yeah. sometimes people get – how did you break the news to them? Did, were they there? Did you call them? Did they come see you? Or how that how that play out? Well, well see, my, my mom, she – I talk to her every day. So she, she knows, you know, every little step, <laughs> you know, that, that goes on. You know what I mean? So she kind of she kind of like my sanity whenever I'm, like, I'm feeling – you know, low or, you know, depressed about something, she knows, and she knows when I'm feeling high, so, you know, she kind of knows everything, but uh, my stepdad, uh, I mean, they're, they're not together anymore, but he he keeps tabs on me. I talk, I talk to him every now and then, and his first game was actually this year, and we played in Atlanta, so that was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, that, that's one of those things that a lot of times I think people just don't, quite understand is that you know that's they they may take it for granted that you know they're your parents and they they're there and they're with you all the time but that that's that was always special to me that right. I got a chance to fulfill a dream that that helped 
make my mom she was proud of me anyway but this was kind of a reward right. for her and it was always something special so um I was just wondering a little bit about that. But I tell you what, Steve, we, we, we're going to stay in touch here at Voice America Sports. Okay. We want to have you back on a regular basis. Uh, man, yeah. I'll give you my contact information so you can call us whenever. Uh, and I'm looking yeah, to see them Chiefs go that. deep into the playoffs this year, man. I'm, I, I mean, I'm, look, I'm looking to see it deep, uh, you know, championship, maybe even Super Bowl. But uh, that's a goal, man. So I tell you what, man, you be safe. God bless you. Thank you for calling in. And um, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you, man. Okay, sure. It. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, you listen to Rail Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Thank you, Stephen Nelson, Kansas City Chief Defensive Back, starting defensive back, worked his way up and made it happen. You can too, but first of all, you got to come back and listen to the end. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You know the show. You listen to Railroad Sports on the Voice America Network. In Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me? Well, it's magic time. Magic is back. Bringing Showtime back in some capacity, I'm sure. Um, after all, that's where his expertise is at. Uh, it certainly will be entertaining basketball for the Lakers again. Uh, don't know if they will ever get back to the level of talent that they display during that era which was showtime i don't know if you're gonna find a six nine guard that can run and handle like magic don't know that don't know if you're gonna find you know a hall of famer like james worthy don't know if you're gonna find another big shot rob you know don't know if you're gonna find uh you know another you know which another generation but you know kobe you know just everything that the lakers gave us don't know if that's out there again. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, there is not another Kareem Abdul-Jabbar out there. Certainly not living now, and I doubt if another one will ever show up here on earth. So that we're not going to see again. But I don't know. Kevin Durant's taller than Magic, and he got handled, but it still ain't like showtime. But Kevin's a bad boy. But So I kind of had this little question I was asking myself. Certainly want to shout out again to 
Steven Nelson for joining us. Kansas City Chiefs starting defensive back. Keep your eye on him. <laughs> That's a bad man right there. Um, I'm just wondering, how many of you out there besides me, you got Magic, who's going to get a chance to do his thing, and then you got John Lynch, two California teams, two franchise, storage franchises, bought people in. Now, Magic's had a little crack at it in some capacity. But John Lynch, not, not at all. Just, you know, watching, studying, commentating about the job, providing commentary about, about this game, this, this business that is football. But now these two men are in positions where <laughs> they're calling shots. Who in your mind do you think will be the most successful in their job? Magic? Bring the Lakers back to NBA competitor? They're competing somewhat now, but you know, you're not expecting them to come out of the West, not right, not this year. How about the San Francisco 49ers? 49ers one of the most storied franchises ever. I mean, after right now, Tom Brady is just now trying. I gave it up to him. I called him the GOAT. But, you know, Joe Montana didn't lose a Super Bowl. Uh, see, I might think about that now. I, I, I just, that was a fact I overlooked. Joe didn't lose none of his appearances. So, John Lynch, can John Lynch take the San, San Francisco 49ers back to title town? Can they, can they be the franchise that they used to be? Is, is there another Joe Montana on that roster out here someplace? Mm, they say Tom Brady is that. So it, I, unlike Magic, I mean, not Magic, but Kareem, let's say. We're never going to see another Kareem. We, we may be looking at another Joe Montana now and Tom Brady. So maybe that's a possibility. But is there one out there that the 49ers can land on their team? I don't know. Is there another Ronnie Lott out there? I'm going to tell you no. You know why? Because you're not permitted to play the game the way Ronnie used to play the game. You can't take nobody out. Shout out to my man Wes Hopkins. Hit me up on Facebook. I'm telling you now. And I don't care what anybody says. This is Ray Ellis Sports. Once we were shown, taught, not personally, but from a distance, how to play the position of safety by Jack Tatum, God rest his soul up in heaven. After that, we saw what Jack did. <laughs> Listen, it was Ronnie Lott, Kenny Easley, who will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in my hometown, Canton, Ohio, and Wes Hopkins. Drop the mic, don't need to have any further discussion. Them three men right there, them brothers right there, let me say, let me, let me say this to you. There was no trash talking back in the day when, you know, wide receivers was running across the middle. Well, no, no, what, no, getting up, dropping the ball, pointing downfield because you got a first down when Ronnie Lott, Kenny Easley, or Wes Hopkins was on the field. That did not happen. I'm telling you why. Because you might not live the next time you come through there that way. You might live but you might be in a lot of pain as you being carted off the field. You didn't do that. Not back in that day. After Jack Tatum showed them what, what to do, it's like, okay. See, that, that's one thing that's different about the game today. And I want to give my man some credit because I, I want you to know the fellas playing the game the, way, the only way they're allowed to play. But Steven, 
Nelson? Oh, Steve probably be taking somebody out too. They be getting carted off, but that, it costs the fellas too much money today. It's not, it's not worth your money. But let me tell you, there would be the, the pretty boys would not be pretty boys. They weren't back in the day. They didn't say nothing. They were quiet. They didn't run them six. They didn't run them digs. They, they didn't do that. Really? Now, if they did, I take that back. They did run them. But they ran them quietly and with a lot of respect. And, you know, got up and maybe tapped you, gave you a little dab or whatever. Because you know why? If they didn't and they did want to <laughs> trash talk, bro, they was getting taken out back in the day. <laughs> they, were, they was just getting taken out. So uh, John Lynch is one of them guys that played in that generation too. John, though, the, the, the game John played can't play today. So John is going to bring some type of style of football to the 49ers that hopefully can help them achieve a championship. And Magic is going to try to bring some kind of basketball to the Lakers that can perhaps maybe get them back into winning the championship. But who? And I, I'm not sure. I'm asking you. Who? is going to do a better job and sooner than later will turn that organization around of either the Los Angeles Lakers or the San Francisco 49ers. But there are two young men from my generation who are getting a chance to do their thing and I wish them both well. Two great, uh, Magic, obviously, a Hall of Famer. John ain't got there yet. Mm, maybe, may get there. But they got a tough job. Wish them the best. I got a tough job. But I guess what? I'll do it next week because right now it's over. <laughs> I've, I've been having a great time, and I'm, I'm glad you joined me. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a matter. Shout out to my man, Stephen Nelson, Kansas City Chiefs. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.